Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. I'm your host, Sarah M. Chappell, and today we're going to revisit one of our most popular topics on the podcast, which is business on a budget. We did an episode a little while ago all about how to start and grow your business on a budget, how to duct tape pieces together, how to uh, hmm, get away with some things when you don't have the money to invest in more robust tech options and all the fancy stuff that you see people using growing their businesses. Now, in that time, the options have changed. Some of the things that I recommended for a long time have gotten more expensive, have done away with their free tiers, etc. So I wanted us to dive in and take a look at what's available to you if you need free or cheap business startup things. So we're going to look at a few different categories today. We're going to talk about some new softwares. I'm going to give you some updates, some new opinions. I know that shocks you. I have plenty of those. And talk a little bit about how I would build my tech stack now if I were starting from the beginning. So kind of two caveats going into this. In this episode, we're going to be talking specifically about online business stuff. For most of you, that is going to be fine. Those of you that do have stores, of course, or physical locations have a few other things to keep in mind. And also for us online business folks, let's remember that the cost of a software is nothing compared to the cost of rent. (laughs) I find that new online business owners have a very skewed perspective of how much it should cost to run your business. So I send my love to those of you with physical spaces who are paying rent and all of the things that go along with a physical space, additional insurance, etc. And if you're online, Try to keep that in mind when you're looking at the sticker shock of having to pay $30 or $40 a month for a piece of software that makes your life so much easier. You could be paying $4,000 or $10,000 a month in rent instead. (laughs) The second piece here is that I am obviously going to share what I think is best. You should pick what works best for you. But the major problem that I see here that I want to kind of mention at the beginning is that people are unwilling to spend money before they have made any money. And while I'm going to talk about some really great free ways to get your business going today, I want you to remember that duct taping things together is a short-term strategy. It is not going to help you with long-term growth. Now, you don't need to spend thousands of dollars on a fancy tech stack. That's really not required for most businesses that, that the, the kinds you guys have. But this idea that we want to keep spending at an absolute minimum will actually hinder your growth. It's going to mean you're going to be spending more manual hours doing things that could be automated. And I'll tell you what is not a renewable resource is your time. Money is a far more renewable resource. You're going to spend probably more time being frustrated because you're trying to get all these free things to talk to each other. And that can be really frustrating. And also, you're not setting yourself up for your inevitable success. So we've talked about this before, but especially those of you with things like subscription models or stuff where you're taking recurring payments or doing payment plans, it's really important to envision what it's going to look like when it's really successful. Making decisions from the place you are right now is going to limit your growth because what works for five clients does not work for 500 customers. So try to keep that in mind as you're listening to this. We're going to hold both of these things in our hand, nuance land as always, that you may not have a lot of cash right now and you want to figure out the cheap, fast way to get going. And that's awesome. I do not want you to wait to grow your business because you don't have cash. That's We talked about that you know, just the other week about how to self-fund your business. So sometimes we need to self-fund even to buy softwares. That's totally normal. But also keep in mind that hopefully your business will grow. And while you can definitely make changes as your business grows, overall, it's going to be easier to set things up properly now. There is a a real tendency to wait too long to make changes. We kind of fall into a sunk cost fallacy where we're like, oh, I spent so much time setting up my cheap, easy way. I don't want to pay to have it work better now. Things like that. So a few things to keep in mind as we dive in. As always, if you find this information useful, please head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a review. Take a minute to write out a few words that really helps us get into the ears of other people, especially people who need this particular information in an industry where so many people make so much of their money with referral fees. Talking about things that are free or cheap is not as popular. This is why everyone tells you you should use Kajabi. If you've heard of that, people make a lot of money telling you to use Kajabi, which is a fine piece of software but not actually one that I recommend. So just keep in mind that uh, this is really valuable information. 
And I really want as many people to have this as possible because the idea that you need a really fancy kind of software toolkit to grow your business is a lie. And the people that are telling you that are probably making a lot of money off of it. So a few other things we will probably have on that note, some affiliate links in the show notes. Granted, most of what I'm sent talking to you about are the free tiers of things. So I won't be paid for that. But if you do upgrade to paid tiers on some of these items, um, we do have some affiliate links. What that means is that I make a little bit of money, you pay the exact same amount. So when how, if you guys don't know that how an affiliate or referral works for a software or anything is that the the company is paying for it. It's essentially part of their advertising budget. You can do this too. You too can set up referral networks for your programs um, and pay people for sending customers your way. But we only do referral stuff for things that I'm really passionate about, softwares that I use or have used. And um, I appreciate you guys for using those when you're able to, because that also helps to pay me and make sure we can keep doing this work and making this show. So, um, but I won't be recommending the very expensive Kajabi to you today. (laughs) Sorry, that's a little inside baseball. Everyone recommends Kajabi. It's because they pay a huge amount out. So let's start by talking about business organization. This is a place where it's really easy to go down the rabbit hole. You all know that I love some productivity prawn, if you will. Uh, I am a big fan of figuring out how to organize, how to ideate, how to really keep track of all the moving pieces of my business. And I encourage you all to do the same, even if it's just you and you're only working a couple hours a week, it's really absolutely critical to start organizing now. Because again, when we plan for your inevitable success, you're going to probably be hiring people, you're going to be working with more customers, not having an organization system is going to screw you. Um, And if you're like organization adverse, you know, I I hear that. Um, But figuring out something that works for you works for how your brain works is going to be so helpful. So y'all know that my number one favorite organizational tool for business is ClickUp. I've talked about it before. I'm talking about it again. They have a super robust free tier. Most of you will be fine on the free tier like for years. So go fucking use it. (laughs) It's one of the best free tiers um, for an organizational software on the market. We use the paid tier. On the paid tier, I get to customize my forms more, um, a few other things, some more automation features that we use. It's still very relatively inexpensive and you pay per user, which um, can seem, if you have a very large business, really annoying. But if you have a really small business paying for you and a virtual assistant or you and a team member, it's really not, it works out really well. So uh, we love ClickUp. We've talked to ClickUp about ClickUp at length and other um, pages, but I'll talk or other podcasts, but I'll mention real quick why I like ClickUp so much. The first is that it is extremely malleable. Now this also makes it overwhelming. My overall like software pro tip to people is to remember that if you're using a piece of software, it is the company's job to help you use it. It is in their best interest to help you use it. To that end, ClickUp has a bunch of free webinars that you can watch. I highly recommend taking the time to do that. And I say that as somebody who's definitely a figure outer, I spent most of my life ignoring instructions and just doing it on my own. I have finally, finally learned in the past couple of years that it is often faster if I just read the instructions and, and learn how to use the thing properly. So ClickUp has a bunch of webinars. I recommend that you watch them because it is a robust and malleable piece of software. The good news here is that you can use it for so many things. We use it to track our customers. We use it to track customer progress inside my programs. We use it for all of our sales and marketing strategy work, all of our launch planning. Our current incubator um, customers got a, got our launch plans in ClickUp. They actually were able to like import them into their own. Like You can make these templates of your plans, which is super cool. We use them for uh, when I do have one-on-one clients for tracking one-on-one client work. And all of our maintenance tasks that go into running a membership, which is um, a lot of recurring tasks. We do all of that in there. We also keep all of our standard operating procedures, our SOPs, the step-by-step processes that we need to run the business in there. It's remarkable how many things you can do. You can have documents, you can have tables if you need them. You can even do the thing that you can do on Google Docs where you can collaborate on documents. They have that feature now. In addition to task management, more robust project management, and more. 
I love ClickUp because of that, but because it's so malleable, it can be confusing at the beginning. So for those of you that are like, okay, fuck that, that's way too complicated. There are free other softwares you can use. I believe Trello is still free on their initial tier. I don't find Trello to be robust enough to manage projects that have multiple pieces to them, but if it's just you, that might be a good software for you to use. But we love ClickUp. We love it because it's something that is scalable that can grow with your company. It also replaces Slack for us. We do our chats and all of our kind of back and forth asynchronous communication inside of ClickUp. So it's great. There's one place. And I also love that from a boundaries perspective, when I go to ClickUp, I am working, right? And I encourage that for our team members as well. You clock in when you go to ClickUp, like that's like mentally you're like clocking in, you're doing work instead of having things coming via email or over in a Slack chat or something else. So we love it from that perspective too. Um, again, click up the free tier is fucking rad. They have a really robust training um, portal. They do wet live webinars a lot too. So you can hop on that. They also have a really great Facebook group with a bunch of people, um, many of whom are professional click up setter uppers. You can hire people to do that for you. Uh, but they're often offering really cool tips and stuff. Like just the other day, for those of you that do like one-on-one -on -one work, especially like packages for like coaching or mentorship or something, or um, kind of like longer term, like herbalism projects, things like that. I, I saw a way where they're using um, dashboards, which is a feature to basically create like a customer facing dashboard. So if you onboarded a new client, they could have their own place to go see all the information you need from them to send you chat and chats, like to request things from you. Uh, those of you that do service provider work, like making websites and stuff like that. Amazing. It's so slick. So I love ClickUp um, for project management. The other software I want to mention here is when I talked about the other week called Obsidian. And I talked about this when we were talking about how to create new ideas. Obsidian is fucking rad. I know a bunch of you have already told me that you downloaded it. I love Obsidian. They do not have a referral system. And if they did, I swear to God, I would, I would be all over that shit because I love it. Obsidian, to um, reiterate, is essentially a note making software. And there's a real trend right now between the difference between note taking and note making. Um, I first heard this from Nick Milo, who runs Linking Your Thinking, which is a really great YouTube if you want to learn more about using Obsidian. And Nick talks about this difference between note taking, which is essentially a regurgitation, right? It's when we're highlighting, when we're like copying things down that we want to remember, and note making, which is all about developing our own ideas and making connections. If you think back to being in school, you, like me, were probably told to write things down in your own words, right? We do that because it helps our brain remember things, but also because that begins to create new linkages. That is note making. So I love Obsidian for note making. We don't use it company wide. I use it for my personal ideation process. So when I'm taking a course, when I'm working on a writing project, when I'm in kind of the beginning stages of figuring something out, I really love it. Obsidian is free even for businesses as long as there's only one full-time employee. So for most of you, that will be fine. Uh, once you have multiple full-time employees, there is a 40, I think it's $40 a year, maybe, um, something really inexpensive <laughs> for, for what they offer. But most of you will be able to use it even to do business work for free. They are about to open up their um, mobile apps for everyone, probably in the next couple of weeks at the time of this recording, it sounds like. Maybe it'll be June, maybe July, but it sounds like it's pretty soon. And those you can sync through iCloud or, or another server, or you can pay them a very, very hefty, I'm kidding, $4 a month to handle the syncing for you. They're really great, super responsive, really lovely people. And um, I highly recommend that if you are someone who wants to think more critically. And I put these two things together in organization because often the thinking part, like we talked about in the, you know, how to have new ideas episode is something we don't take seriously. And most of you are on some level knowledge workers. Um, that's that term I learned uh, from Cal Newport, which was created by Peter Drucker. Even if you're making physical products, um, you may not think of yourself that way, but you essentially are. You're inventing things, you're creating things, you're creating recipes, you're, you're, you're coming up with concepts. You are in a large way a knowledge worker, even if you are making physical stuff. So I really love Obsidian for this note-taking, note-making. And the big thing that Obsidian has is bi-directional linking, which has become very popular in the past year. Other softwares that use that include Rome. We mentioned Saga last time, a few other things. I really prefer Obsidian though, especially now that they are uh, doing their mobile apps roll out. And for the reason I mentioned in that episode too, which is that it's all in plain text files, which means that you're not locked into the system. 
that is a disadvantage, something like ClickUp, to be honest, um, and most project management softwares is that you're essentially locked into your system. Getting your data out is a little bit challenging. You can, but there can be some issues with it. So for like these big, really important idea things, I really like having it somewhere where it's not system dependent because it's in plain text instead of like some proprietary format. So those are my two primary organizational recommendations. Still, they have not changed. Again, they are free for most of you to use, which I think is fucking rad. And I love that. Let's next talk about collecting payments. This is probably the most important piece of a business. You guys have heard me say before that to have a business, you need three things. You need a way, you need something to sell, you need to sell it, and then you need to deliver the thing, right? Your job is to sell things to people and deliver the thing. It's really simple at the end of the day. We want business to be super complicated. I'm not saying it's easy because that's not true, but it's really simple. Make something, sell it to people, give them the thing they bought, right? So with that in mind, how you take payments is super critical. I have opinions here. Now, there are probably three primary, still primary payment processors that are going to be applicable to your size of business. Again, if you have an in-person business, that this might be different because you might have a point of sale software, something like Clover or, or some of the other softwares that have uh, ports and like things for people to swipe their cards and stuff like that. So this could be a little bit different for you if you are in person. But for those of us that are primarily digital or maybe doing markets in addition to digital, there are a handful of options. The original and in some ways the easiest is PayPal. I know a lot of folks don't like to use PayPal uh, since Peter Thiel, who's started it as a raging douchebag. Um, Peter's not really an owner anymore. And um, so take from that what you will. Uh, We use PayPal for our membership because we find that overall, it makes it easier for people to sign up. So the big advantage to PayPal, which is, it's to be fair, is exactly what Apple Pay is trying to do and a couple of these other ones, is essentially that your information is already stored. So it reduces friction for customers. They don't have to go and find their credit card. And I'll be honest, I use it all the time. I find that as a, as a purchaser, I'm like, oh, if I can just put in my PayPal password and pay for this, it's so much easier than having to go and like get my wallet and find my credit card, right? So we use it, we only use it on the membership. Even though PayPal as a membership provider is a little annoying because it it doesn't let you really control how often something is recharged. If there's a failed payment, there's a few kind of things. But PayPal is a great place to start. And I find a lot of folks really want to rush to find another option. But the reality is that PayPal is the same price as the other things. And it's easy. And most people know how to use it at this point. So here's the deal with PayPal. You probably need a business account. Keep in mind, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. This is not even advice. This is an educational podcast. You need a business account. And for that, you probably, you might need a business bank account. My understanding is that is generally recommended to have a business bank account. It makes the IRS happy. Probably if you're not in the United States, makes your tax people happy as well. And to do that, you'll probably need to fill out some paperwork here in the United States, have a business bank account. You need an employee identification number, an EIN, which is essentially like a social security number, but for your business. But get a PayPal business account. It is worth it because when you're not using a business account, you are operating against their terms of service. And um, this is true for Venmo as well. Venmo, which PayPal owns, now also has business accounts. When you use personal accounts to send funds, you are operating against their terms of service, which means that they can shut you down. And there are other options, but honestly, it's worth setting it up correctly. Now, the reason people don't do this is because then you get charged, right? You have to pay credit card processing fees. And I gotta be honest, I don't see this so much in this community, but in other places I've been, Credit card processing fees are a cost of business. It is a cost of business. And when you're doing your accounting, often people will take that off the top, accountants or bookkeepers will, because it is a cost of goods sold. It's a requirement. So this is really critical because as like to wrap your head around, like I was saying, you know, don't, this is not a place to be cheap. Most credit card processors are going to charge you about 2.9% plus 30 cents per process. That's true for Stripe as well. I think Square is about the same. It might be a little bit higher now. Um, Square's doing some weird stuff. We'll talk about that in a second. So this is the cost of doing business. And 
I really, this is not a place to fight back. This is not a place, so it, it, in the United States, at least it's state by state on um, whether or not you can pass that fee along to people. I'm going to be honest, I think that's super fucking tacky. Just raise your prices. Don't pass along a credit card processing fee to your customers. Just raise your prices like $5 or whatever to cover it. It is a cost of doing business. So doing things correctly so you don't lose your ability to accept payments is really important. This is This is what it is to be a business owner. There are fees associated with it. So PayPal is great though, because you can put a PayPal button on your website. You can just send people a link. You can do a paypal.me forward slash whatever. There's so many easy ways for people to pay. And until you are at a place where you can build out a more robust payment processing like system, PayPal is fucking easy. So if you are at a place where you're like, I don't have time, I don't have the money to build out a website. I don't want to do this, that, or the other thing. Just have people pay you through fucking PayPal. Let's keep it simple. Okay. Or Venmo now that they have a business version of it. The second major one is Stripe. Stripe is running a lot of the internet now um, and is probably what I recommend for those of you that are going to be building a website or already have a website. Stripe does have ways to essentially create checkout forms through it, but it requires more technical knowledge than um, a lot of you may have or be willing to develop, which is totally fine. We don't do that. It sounds like a huge fucking pain, but it is possible. So if you're tech savvy, you can actually build forms for checking out through Stripe. Stripe is the same thing, 2.9% plus 30 cents per charge. And that again is pretty much industry standard. The only people who get away with not doing that are much, much, much larger businesses running much, much, much more money. And so they're able to negotiate lower rates because their overall fees are so much higher. We like Stripe though. Stripe is going to work with the vast majority of softwares that you might use, which we'll talk about in a minute for things like selling courses, selling products, etc. Stripe is extremely popular. So Stripe and PayPal are the two primary ones. The third one that a lot of people talk about is Square. Square became super popular because they had these little chip readers or these little um, card readers that you could just connect to your phone. Um, I think those are still pretty rad. But Square did some weird stuff last year. I'll be honest, I'm not up to date on this. So if my if this info is out of date, ignore me. But some weird stuff last year with the pandemic where they started holding people's funds for like 30 or 60 days to make sure there weren't chargebacks. I think that is fucked up, especially the pandemic when people were having a ton of trouble, like, yeah, with cash flow. So I kind of am not super keen on Square because of that. But I also know they make it really easy to create a little checkout page and whatever. So I would just double check their documentation, see where their stance is on that at this point. I think the fees are about the same. Square does not integrate with as many softwares. So if you're going to use a third-party software, uh, like we're gonna talk about in a second, I mentioned Kajabi earlier, we're gonna talk about Thinkific, Member Vault, a few other ones. Square may not talk to them. Those are generally more Stripe um, and maybe PayPal. So these are decisions that are going to be interlocking. But Square is also great if you do work markets, super easy. You can just input people's credit card numbers. That's what I always did when I was working markets with my products. So those are the three main ones. And the fees are basically the same. So you pick what works best for you. But when it comes to people just being able to send you money or send you payments, PayPal business is probably the fucking easiest. And part of this business on a budget thing is also reducing friction. Let's keep it easy. Let's keep it simple. Let's get you paid. So that one can be a really great option for you. So let's take a look now at how you're actually selling the stuff that you have, okay? Since we talked about this uh, last time, there have been a lot of changes in the marketplace. The big thing that I used to recommend was Teachable's free tier. That free tier is apparently gone. It no longer exists in its in the form that it did, where you could essentially take payments through something else. I think I talked about a hack I used to do where I would take payments through Acuity, which is a scheduling software that I was already paying for, and then manually add people to Teachable. I still have that because I'm grandfathered in, but um, apparently you can't start that anymore. Teachable has done a lot of work to um, improve itself. Teachable, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, is a course platform. So you probably belong to something on it if you bought a course online. As a user, uh, as, a, as a business owner, this is a place where you can sell courses. You can also sell coaching packages now. They have, they've added a few features to it, which are fine. And it's gotten more expensive, but they've made it look better too. They've, they've added some new kind of design features and things like that. I still think Teachable is a really great product, but I think it's expensive. And one of my big beefs with Teachable, which is the same beef I have with Patreon, it's the massive beef that I now have with Mighty Networks. Now I realize how you guys know I hate Mighty Networks. I'm sorry. I know some of you love it. We're allowed to disagree about things like this, by the way. It's okay. <laughs> um, is that depending on your tier, they charge you a fee to process. 
credit cards in addition to the fee you're already paying. Y'all, that is fucked up. People should not be charging you a flat rate plus a fee to process credit cards, which it's to be clear is in addition to the fee that the credit card processors are charging you, which we already talked about, right? That 2.9% um, plus 30 cents. So Teachable has historically done that in its mid tiers. And I just think it's kind of bullshit. You shouldn't be paying 10% to, to Teachable to run something through. Same with Mighty Networks. I cannot believe how expensive Mighty Networks is and the fact that it's charging you to run subscription through it on top of that. I hate that. So this is something to be mindful of because a lot of times those percentages um, fees seem like a good deal at the beginning, right? If you are selling, you think you're gonna sell $100 worth of your course, let's say, then paying 10%, $10, well, that's cheaper than buying a piece of software that costs $40 a month, right? That initial math looks good. But the problem is when you're selling $1,000, now they're getting 100 bucks from you every month. You see the problem? So I really, when it comes to any of these softwares, we're gonna talk about some free options in a second. I really recommend being clear on how they are charging you. I personally prefer a flat rate, even if that rate goes up with usage. So if there's a, a rate for 100 students versus 1,000 students, I prefer that because it's a fixed cost. I don't want to be punished for selling more. <laughs> I already have to pay my credit card fees, right? So um, I really like things that are fixed costs. Um, I'm really skeptical of percentage fees in general. I think that they are a fucking racket. They look good when you don't make any money. And as soon as your business starts making money, it's a huge, they're really ripping you off. And they're, they're hoping that you're going to be so embedded in their system that you won't move. That's, that's that business model, which I think is gross. Let's talk about some free options, though. Uh, oh, and I should say, I'm really annoyed by the ones that charge you a flat rate and then also charge you to process subscriptions or payments on top of that, which is what Mighty Networks does. So just be mindful when you're purchasing a software, when you're investing in a software to read all of the features, to read how they're charging you, to look at their transaction fees, and, and make sure that you really understand how much it's costing you to use this program. So I personally find those flat rates, again, even if they're tiered with usage and they go up when you have more customers or something, I find those much more transparent than um, this percentage fee thing, which I just, I think is a huge, I think it's a fucking racket. It makes me so mad. So because Teachable is not doing their free tier, I did some extra research for y'all today. And I found some really great options that I want to pass along. So the first is Thinkific. Some of you are also probably familiar with this. Thinkific is definitely a Teachable competitor. And I'm actually going to pull it up right now because I wanted to make sure that I got the information right when I was telling it with you. So Thinkific does have a free option and it has no transaction fees. Okay, so you'll have to pay a credit card processor, right? You'll have to pay that 2.9% plus 30 cents, uh, hooking it up to Stripe or something. But their free tier does not have transaction fees. Y'all, that is fucking amazing. Now, it has been a minute since I have used Thinkific. I tested it probably a year or so ago. Um, I thought it was okay. And, but I'm like, the pricing on this, I think makes this a really great option. And you can upgrade as your business grows. So it's something you can really grow with. It does limit the number of courses that you can build on the free tier. I think that's pretty standard. So I would say don't worry about it too much. You could always, um, you know, just test it out. But you can get paid without having to pay them a shit ton of money for that. It also have the Thinkific branding. It's going to have, you know, you know, when it's free, it's not going to like integrate as well with some things, etc. But if you need a free option, I am really, really, really liking what they're offering right now. So that's Thinkific, T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C. Um, and this is really great for those of you that are doing courses. Okay. So I cannot believe that. Yeah, I'm like really stoked on their free thing. If any of you try it, let me know. Again, it's been probably a year since I've tested it. They've obviously made a bunch of really great improvements. And I'm super stoked that this is, yeah, this is so accessible as a starting point for you and is something you can grow with. So I would take a look at that. For those of you that are running, running memberships, the best free thing is Member Vault. Now, as I've talked about here, memberships are a little bit challenging because you need something that will process recurring payments. And uh, we use MemberPress. Uh, we can link that up in the show notes. I like that because it's a flat rate every year to keep it active. It is a WordPress plugin, so you need a WordPress site. It's not a ton of money, but it is a little bit more complicated. 
Member Vault basically hosts your membership. They have a free forever plan that they've actually increased, which is super cool. Zero bucks a month. It's capped at 100 people. So if you are just starting out a subscription product um, or, or even digital downloads, it can do a lot of different stuff. Um, and you think that it's going to take you a little bit to get to 100 people. Member Vault sounds awesome. And then after that, it's like $19 or $20 a month for 1,000 people. So we have that flat rate pricing again, um, but it's really, you know, not, um, yeah, it's really cheap and you can do all this awesome stuff. So I really recommend taking a look at that, getting clear on what they, um, what they offer, making sure it's a good fit for you. But overall, I think Member Vault is a really fantastic way to start doing a subscription um, service. This is also a place where you can have like one on one. You can you can sell products through this. Even it, it's just capped by the number of people who are signed up for it. So this is a potentially a really great option for a lot of you. I've recommended it to a lot of our students, and I think that it will. Um, I think truly that it's going to make things a lot easier for a bunch of you, especially if you're doing subscriptions and you don't want to make that kind of investment upfront in a, a more robust software. And as I mentioned before, Member Vault also does not collect a transaction fee. So that's one of the reasons why I'm, again, super keen on it. So for those first hundred people, uh, you aren't paying them any money. Of course, they're doing this because they're hoping you're going to get over hundred and start paying them, which I think is fine. So I would definitely check out Member Vault. Uh, the last recommendation that I have on this topic right now is Ghost. Y'all, I'm super excited about Ghost. It's been around for a minute, but it is um, it has been really revamped. Ghost.org, which is an open source software, if you care about that kind of thing, that essentially replaces um, Patreon or Substack. Substack and Patreon, by the way, have the exact same like business model where they're just charging you. Substack is like 10% or something insane if you start taking payments. And Patreon's fees, I think, are extremely high for what they offer. So Ghost is super rad. It actually can be free if you know how to self-host. For most of us, that's probably not the right option. Um, I wouldn't bother self-hosting this most likely. Um, but if you wanted to, you could self-host it for free if you have those skills. But it starts, they have a 14-day free trial, but it starts at $9 a month if it's billed annually or $15 a month billed monthly. So remember what we talked about before, right? That, you know, paying 10% or whatever to Patreon might seem like a steal when you are making $100 a month because it's only $10. But as soon as you get over that, you get to $150 a month, you're now breaking even with um, the ghost pricing billed monthly, right? If you're going to make more than $100 a month and pay in advance for the year, so that, or that is $9 uh, per month when billed annually, you're going to already be making, a pro making more money, more profit by using Ghost. So Ghost essentially lets you do content, newsletters, that kind of membership. So if you're somebody who's using Patreon or considering Patreon, Ghost is a really great alternative option. Um, it does have higher tiers, but the first tier lets you have a thousand paid people, a thousand members, and up to 25,000 views per month. Um, the next tier gets you up to more views if you need it. If you start getting to like more than a thousand members, in which case, fucking rad, you're a rock star. It does start to charge more, cost more, but it's still relatively inexpensive. Ghost has, yeah, a bunch of really cool resources because it's open source. People are doing some cool stuff with it. It plugs in with everything you want. And if you, yeah, if you want to do a paid content, paid newsletter, that kind of like subscription model, then this is a really fantastic way to go. It says ghost.org. Again, we'll link you up in that, link that up in the show notes. I, I really think that this, for so many of you, is a really fantastic option if what you've been wanting to do is a Patreon, but you want it frankly, to cost less and be a better user experience because Ghost is also, in my opinion, at least a lot more attractive. I think that this is a really, really fucking cool option. And I love how inexpensive it is to get started on it. So this is for those of you that are kind of selling digital products and things. Here are some, some options. Again, Thinkific and Member Vault are free for a large amount of it. Ghost does those subscriptions, that kind of Patreon style thing for a lot less fucking money. So those are what I am super keen on for that right now. Now, for those of you that are selling things like digital downloads or even courses, you actually don't need a piece of software like this. All you need, again, is a way to get paid and then a way to deliver it. So something that I think a lot of folks overlook is how easy it is to deliver things using free softwares. Now, keeping in mind, of course, that a lot of things that are free are mining your data, are going to cap you at some point. 
But you can deliver digital downloads, you can deliver entire courses using things like Google Drive or Dropbox, the free versions of those. YouTube Unlisted, though you might need to be mindful of their terms of service and be a little careful there. But in practice, people do it. Again, this is not legal advice. So, you know, take from it what you will. Part of what we're doing here is damning the man and getting what we can. (laughs) Sorry, I'm sitting here drinking coffee too. It is early on a Sunday morning because I'm late with this. Sorry, guys. (laughs) So What you do in that case is essentially have somebody send you a payment and you send them an email with a link to the thing. That can be automated depending on what softwares you're using. But if you're like, oh my God, I can't even imagine setting up a software. I think I'll have five people buy this thing. Great, just do it manually for now, keeping in mind what I said at the beginning that you probably will want to upgrade down the road. My first online course, that's what we did is we did a chat in Slack. That was a community. Slack is free. At some point, they cut you off in terms of like how much, how many old messages you can have, but that doesn't really matter for like a, I think it was like a six week course or something or a four week course, six weeks. It doesn't really make a difference. And uh, we taught, I taught everything live on Zoom. We'll talk about that in a second. Zoom is great. And then I uploaded the videos to Google Drive and sent them to everybody. And that was it. <laughs> that was the whole thing. So the only fee that I had for that, I, could, I believe I accepted payments via PayPal or at that time, Acuity. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think I can recommend Acuity anymore. The pricing has gone up and Squarespace is totally eating it. Like it's no longer going to be a separate brand. So I don't really know where that's going to fall in. Acuity is a scheduling software. I still like it, but I don't, I don't know yet how it's going to shake out when with Squarespace completely eating it. So I say uh, proceed with caution and keep an eye out for what changes and pricing changes they make. But it was super easy. And yeah, I had, I was already paying Acuity and then I had to pay for Zoom. So You can send people stuff that way. It really can be that simple. You know, it's really easy when we see all the fancy shit that people have set up. You can look at the fancy shit I have set up. I didn't always have the fancy shit set up. I literally ran my business off of like Acuity, again, which when I joined was $10 a month. So I paid $10 a month for Acuity, which is pretty pretty rad. I'm not going to lie. So I paid $10 a month for Acuity, $15 a month for Zoom. Um, Zoom is free for one-on-one, but as soon as you start doing groups, it cuts you off, I think at 45 minutes. So you might need to pay the 15 bucks a month, but it's probably the best $15 a month you'll pay in your, you'll pay in your business. Um, you could use Google Hangouts too, but I find that honestly, it, I find Google Hangouts to be pretty, sh- pretty crappy in terms of how well it works in my, in my experience. Uh, and then we, yeah, we just use a free Google drive to send people links and we use Slack for free. Um, you could also use something like Discord, which I like a lot. We use that for the Pyre entrepreneurial witchcraft program that I run with friends at a pack. It's fun. It's a little bit more chatty. It's a little bit harder to keep track of things. So it might not work as well for larger company, larger uh, communities, but for smaller ones, that one's pretty rad. So just keep in mind that you can be really creative. You can use free tools. You can use them in a way they're not really designed to be used, right? Google Drive is not really designed to be used to deliver course content, but you can. And I think I mentioned this before on the show, but there are programs like business programs that are like $15,000 a year that primarily use Google Drive to deliver content. Okay. So it doesn't, it's not necessarily a reflection on the, um, on the professionalism of your business. I know professionalism is a scam anyway, but it, it really is like, what's easy for you. And again, business on a budget was cheap. So those are some options. Those of you that sell physical products, I do think this gets more complicated. Um, Something like Member Vault probably can be used for physical products, so it's not designed to. Same for Thinkific. Um, and a lot of the, the physical product stuff that is easier to do is something like Etsy, which has that same shitty business model where they're just charging you a shit ton of money. Etsy has the advantage of having a really robust search engine and being a place that people go. That's really what you're paying for when you use something like Etsy. Um, but that is, it's pretty expensive. So keep in mind you're paying it's kind of free, but then when people buy stuff, you pay a shit ton of money. It's not super scalable through that perspective, unless you think you're going to get a ton of business and you can really think of Etsy almost as being like a marketing, uh, a marketing fee, like you're paying for advertising with Etsy. For physical products, there are a few things, you know, you can definitely, and I've done this before and I see people do it. You can just sell through Instagram or social media, have people DM you, uh, send them a PayPal link, keep track of your inventory in a spreadsheet. You can use Google Sheets. You can use Airtable for free, whatever. We like Airtable a lot because it's easier to organize information. It has more of a, da- a database vibe uh, and it's it's free for a huge amount of usage. You don't get all the, the fancy features, but it's really great for a free software. So we can link that one up too. We use that um, for organizing things that don't require complex um, 
calculations, things that like require more database like tracking. So really great for something like managing an inventory potentially. And then just send people stuff, right? And package it, take it to the post office. You don't need a website. Now, I recommend having a website. And for physical products, you are starting to look at things like Squarespace Commerce, which um, is a little bit more expensive. They've, they've really raised the price on that over the years. Uh, Shopify, which is probably the most robust option that is plug and play. Um, a lot can be done. People can custom code and make Shopify sites look really nice when you do have more resources. That can be a really great one to look at, but it is going to cost you some money up front. Um, or you can set up WooCommerce on a WordPress site. WooCommerce is as a plugin is base is base is free, but you you do need to have a WordPress uh, site which will inquire will require you know setting that up. It's a little bit techy and things like that. So, but if you're like really just starting out product wise, I would just sell on Instagram. I wouldn't really worry about the website. Post pictures, have people DM you, send them a PayPal link and ship out accordingly and track your inventory using something just like a spreadsheet for now. And down the road on those websites, you can probably upload the spreadsheet and, um, and it'll, it'll auto load products. Usually you can upload a CSV. And same thing with, you know, some of like a digital product, a digital download, a course, a mentorship, whatever. If you really don't have any money to spend on a website, then this is where social media is your friend. And for all the complaints of social media, keep in mind, social media is free, right? You're paying with your attention, you're paying with your time, but it does not cost money to sell things on Instagram and to have people DM you for a link. So that is really like the hackiest of hacks is just, just fucking do that. Um, Facebook groups are also free. Obviously Facebook pages are free. So all of these are tools, Twitter, you can sell on Twitter, you can do whatever the fuck you want but that there are ways to kind of duct tape these things together. Um, but for physical product people, the, the kind of setup required, you're probably looking at something like a Shopify, WooCommerce, if you have a WordPress site, or you could do Etsy. But again, keep in mind, same problem, as I mentioned, with uh, Patreon, Mighty Networks, where those fees start to get really high if you're not watching them. Uh, yeah, and Squarespace Commerce. So you can take a look at all those. And also partially, because if you do have physical products, you're going to be uploading probably a lot of photos. You probably are going to want to be mindful of your search engine optimization because people t do tend to search for certain kinds of physical products. So that matters. Make sure it's something you pick that feels like you can learn it or is more intuitive to you because you're going to probably be updating your website a fair amount if you have physical products. That's usually common in that business model. So we've looked at the organization of your business. We've looked at how to take payments. We have looked at how to sell courses, memberships, and subscriptions. And we've talked about how to sell physical products. We've kind of covered the range of things. I'm going to mention a few more tools before we close our business on a budget. I do want to talk about email newsletters. Y'all know I highly recommend that you have an email list. In, in the wild wilds of the internet, the email list is one of the only things that you truly own that you can hang on to. And you don't need to send, we'll talk about newsletters another day. You don't need to like, if you're not a writer, you don't need to send like a beautiful, like five page newsletter once a week or something. But this is a, a direct way to contact your customers. And keep in mind, the people who sign up want to know what you're selling. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard because I I signed up for a newsletter like six months ago. I haven't gotten a single email from them. And I keep finding out that I'm missing classes that this person is offering because they're not emailing their list. I'm like, no, I signed up because I want to I want to give you money. <laughs> I want to take your class. And I keep missing it. Apparently, they only post it on their Facebook page, which I'm, I'm never on. So people want to hear from you if they sign up for your newsletter. If they don't want to hear from you, they can unsubscribe. It's really awesome how that works. They can They can decide whether or not they want that. So... For email, um, I am back on uh, recommending ConvertKit again, pretty heartily for a couple reasons. The first is that the free tier has been expanded. They expanded it, I think, last year to a thousand subscribers. That's going to cover a lot of you. And then when you do start paying, it's really it is pretty pretty good price uh, for the marketplace. They do also have landing pages and the way a way to kind of sell products through it now, so it can do a lot of stuff. The landing pages are a little complicated to work with. Um, a lot of my students currently are telling me that there's just not a ton of functionality there. But again, we're looking at our, our bare bones, business on a budget, take what you can get. If they're free landing pages, they're free landing pages. Um, ConvertKit's also better for scaling than something like MailChimp and tends to have better deliverability than something like MailChimp. So I would recommend checking that one out on their free tier. 
they also, the reason I'm recommending them now more heartily is they solved a major problem finally. Like I can't, it's been like years that um, we've been talking to them about it. Where it used to be that people couldn't go through the same automation twice. This matters when you start to do more robust automations, maybe do funnels, evergreen things, things like that, where someone might sign up for a webinar more than once, for example, and you want them to get the emails that go with the webinar, or they might sign up for a free training or something more than once. That's not abnormal. People miss it. They sign up again. Um, in ConvertKit, there wasn't an easy way to have people be able to do that more than once, but now you can. So now that they've solved that problem, I feel much more confident saying that ConvertKit is something that is scalable as your business grows. It also talks to a lot of websites like Squarespace, etc. So it, it integrates really well with a lot of things. And that fact that it's free for up to a thousand people is awesome. And I do think that overall, it is still a better service than MailChimp. MailChimp has been around for a long time, but that also means that their deliverability can be lower because they've had so many more spam reports over the years. So um, ConvertKit is where I would send people for that. I do also like MailerLite. It's definitely something to play around with and see if it's a good fit for you. That is M-A-I-L-E-R-L-I-T-E. Um, but I find that it, it offers really robust functionality for a lot less money than a lot of other people. Um, but I think ConvertKit is a great place to start. Um, we've talked about this before. I use ActiveCampaign. ActiveCampaign is expensive. It is super robust. It allows us to do a ton of automated stuff. So it saves us a lot of time. But most of you don't need that to start. So unless you are rolling in cash or really envisioning a very automated business, I wouldn't necessarily start there. You can always move over later. ConvertKit is a great place to begin. And then I think the last thing that I want to mention is probably finances. This is a place where I know a lot of business owners like to bury their head in the sand or get really overwhelmed by the softwares that are available. I totally get that. Tracking your finances is really important as a business owner. This is one of your jobs. This is one of the things that you have to do. <laughs> Some of the, the essentially unpaid labor of running a business. and. There are a lot of really great options right now, but I wanted to shout out a few things in particular. First of all, you can 110% track your expenses and all of that in a spreadsheet. You can. It's a pain, but you can do it. I bet some of you are right now. Um, and most spreadsheets are free, right? You can do that on Google. You know, you can do that probably if you have a computer, there's some native spreadsheet thing, Excel or Sheets or, or whatever. So that... There's really no excuse from a financial level for not tracking your expenses. However, things like Xero, even QuickBooks, for the ease of use are actually not that expensive. And if you are you know, a newer business owner, you usually need the lowest level tiers on those. And I think the big thing to, be in mind, to keep in mind is to look down the road and say, will this serve me long term? Um, is this something that I can keep using as I grow? I find increasingly people really recommend Xero um, since QuickBooks is owned by Intuit, which owns TurboTax, which at least in the US lobbies to keep our tax system really complicated and shitty. My bookkeepers use QuickBooks, so that's what that is what I use, but Xero is a great option. My accountant prefers Xero. And it does cost money, but your financial health of your business and knowing that is really an important place to spend a little bit of cash. This is also a place, of course, where you can get into some trouble if you don't know how much to pay in your taxes, for example, or you don't have good record keeping. So even though this isn't the sexy part of like how to sell my stuff, you do need to track what you're selling and track what you are um, spending. So it's worth it. There are some really cool accounting kind of systems um, or like uh, people you can hire. This is probably for those of you that are a little bit further along, but I think um, most of us probably wait too long to outsource this, especially if you're like, oh my God, spreadsheets, right? Uh, so even though this is not a business on a budget per se, often investing in bookkeeping will save you a lot of time. And also because you're more clear on where your money is coming and going, it will probably save you money. So a lot of folks and some of my students use Bench, B-E-N-C-H, and they have some lower cost tiers depending on how much revenue you're generating. So if you are starting to make a little bit of money, that could be something to look into. Um, and I work with Evolved Finance. You can tell them I sent you. I think they have a referral program. I don't know. Tell them I sent you if you go there. This is for those of you that are already making six figures. So you may not be looking at business on a budget, though to be honest, we should always be looking at our budget for a business, doesn't matter how much money you're making. Um, if you're already making six figures, Evolved Finance is fantastic and they actually specialize in online course and digital product businesses. So they really know what they're talking about and it's a flat rate and I, I really like working with them. They're great. So keeping in mind that you can totally keep a spreadsheet, 
you can definitely invest in a small piece of software to help you here. And you can hire this out if you have started to generate revenue consistently. If you're an HBA member, keep in mind that we actually have a bookkeeping bonus that you can look at that talks about a lot of these basics and how you can set them up. So if you're in the Holistic Business Academy, go check that out. While it is specific to the US, the bookkeeping practices are, are foundational. So those of you that are in other countries can definitely use that and extrapolate that to your specific situation. Something like Bench does offer a really great blog too. So don't be afraid to do some research on how to do your bookkeeping if you're going to, to duct tape it with a spreadsheet, but you can, and that's totally fine. But this is a place where we tend not to think about a software budget because it's not sexy and it's not cool. It's probably worth it. And those are the recommendations that I would put out there because if you're going to know if your business is keeping to a budget, you have to be tracking what is coming in and what is going out. All right, y'all, we covered a ton of stuff today. I hope that this is helpful for you as you're trying to figure out what to do. And if you could take away one thing, it's literally this. All you need is a way to take money and a way to deliver the product. And if that means you're sending PayPal links to people in the DMs on social media and then just taking your product and shipping it out of the post office, that's fine. You don't necessarily need all these more robust strategies to get started. And if you're waiting to get started because you think you need some other thing to make you look professional, please don't. Again, my first products, I was I charged everything went through PayPal or um, or through my scheduling software, which was awkward, but it worked through Acuity. And then we did it on Slack, which was free. We did it on Zoom for 15 bucks a month. We did it on, you know, and uploaded things to Google Drive. And like, that was that. You don't need to make it fancy. What you need to do is start selling. That is the most important thing, uh, especially if you want to get to that next level, automate some more of these processes and ultimately get more of your time back because you're able to spend money on softwares that will do these things for you instead of doing them manually. So go forth make a shit ton of money or whatever your personal goal is, make good money for you doing good work, helping people, doing your cool stuff, reclaiming your time, your space, your creativity, the life that you want to live, the world you want to live in, and do it by taking advantage of these free <laughs> softwares or these hacks that we talked about today. Oh, I didn't mention my favorite hack. Here I am closing up. My favorite hack is this. If you're doing a launch of something, uh, anything, almost all of these softwares have a 14-day free trial. This is what I recommend for webinars. Sign up for the 14-day free trial at Easy Webinar or Webinar Ninja. Do your webinar, <laughs> do your live presentation, download it, save it, upload it to YouTube for the replay. Like, use those free trials. You're allowed to. Here's my second hack. You can sign up again using a different email address. So there you go. Don't go, don't narc on me, okay? Please be cool. But for some of these softwares, you're like, oh, I only need it for a minute. I only need it to do this one thing. Use the free trials, use them well, and know that you can, you'll lose all your data, but you can sign up again using a different email address if you need to, especially great for really expensive webinar softwares, landing page softwares, things where you only need it for like a specific short period of time. So with that last hack, which is a little, uh, not really above board, but you know, it is what it is. I will leave you to it. Uh, let me know again over on Instagram at Sarah M. Chapel if you try any of these things or if you have stuff that you're doing that you think is a great business and a budget tip, let me know and I'll repost it in my story so everyone can see. And again, if you found this valuable, please go leave us a review over on wherever you listen to your podcast. This is the kind of information that people don't want. It's not that they don't want to put it out there. It's just, you know, no one makes money talking about free shit. So I really want to make sure that you guys have this information especially because software research is a skill of mine. And I know for some of you, that is literally the last thing you want to do with your day. And I appreciate that. So share this with a friend to help us get the word out about all the ways that you can get your business going without having to spend a ton of money up front. And remember, if you do need to raise some cash, go back and listen to our self-funding episode where I talk about exactly how to think about raising quick bursts of cash in your business. All right, y'all, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week. I will see you here next week. Bye for now.